0: You know, I think we all know what we know, what we know, and we have to spend some time, maybe get rid of the distractions, get rid of the excess noise and come back to ourselves and remember what we know, what we know, what we know. You know, for me, it's listening to my gut and then living out from that. Welcome to Coaching
1: with Kelly, a podcast that gives you the tools that you need to invest in this season of your life. Join Life Coach Kelly Tibbetts as she interviews inspiring leaders who help you identify your why, name your strengths, and value your energy, soul, and thoughts. This podcast will help you live a brave, creative, purpose-filled life. Welcome to Coaching with Kelly. I hope today's conversation will help you live the brave, creative, purpose-filled life I believe you were created to live. And today my guest is Ginger Munson. Ginger, welcome to my podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. Um, we've been working together since June, and even though we've known each other for a couple of decades, we really got to know each other about a year ago. We were roommates um, for a couple nights together with a group of friends, and as soon as I met you, I was really intrigued because I felt like I understood your enneagram a little bit, and then kind of followed you around for a bit. And you've done your own work. What enneagram number are you, and what have you discovered by learning about that?
0: I am an eight, and it's been an interesting journey because when I first started digging a little deeper into the Enneagram and taking your classes. I actually spent a fair amount of time thinking that I was a different number and mm-hmm. I was really distressed by it. But in the course of our work together, what I realized was that I I was in a season of stress. Mm. You know, I wasn't really in a good healthy season of caring for myself. I was, you know, kind of burnt out and tired and so Of course, I was identifying as something else. And so Mm -hmm. it wasn't until I actually did some of that personal work of caring for myself and figuring out what that really meant that then I revisited the numbers in the Enneagram and it became much clearer what my number was.
1: Yeah. And and for me, it's been so helpful because knowing a female Enneagram 8 has been so helpful for me who's raising a female Enneagram 8 because- (laughs) It's just nice to see, okay, this is what healthy female eight looks like. Um, I was going to ask that question later, but I would just love for people to get to know you a little bit more. Um, In addition to telling me about your family, what was one of your early careers that may have tipped you off that you are an Enneagram eight? Um, I'm
0: speaking specifically about entering the military as a female. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So a little bit about myself. Um, I did um, start off as a career in the military. I went to college and just was looking for scholarship opportunities and different things. And my dad had been in ROTC and he said, why don't you check it out? And so I spent one whole year um, just, you know, sitting in on some of the military science classes and Mm -hmm. learned that I loved it. I loved the Mm -hmm. camaraderie. I loved um, learning new things every time, learning how to read a map, learning how to march in a group you know, all of it. I just ate it up and, Mm. um, and was hooked. And so I stayed with ROTC. I was fortunate enough to be chosen to go active duty in the army. And I was also given an opportunity to go into aviation. Mm. And, um, I still can't believe it to this day. When I tell these stories, I still think back to that time and I feel very fortunate. And it was a great, great season in my life. Great chapter. I spent a year at Fort Campbell, not, sorry, not Fort Campbell, Fort Rucker, Alabama in flight school. Mm -hmm. And then I went to my first duty station over in Korea. Wow. And at the time I learned how to fly um, UH UH-1s, which are Hueys, the old like, you know, MASH TV show one. Um, They can be single pilot, but usually you have two pilots. And that's what I flew in Korea. Mm. So you were a helicopter pilot. Yeah.
1: So intensity and challenge is fun for you. Yes, it is. That's an interesting thing to know. And so I know it's not always something that we say over little girls that we should be, because when any groom eight girls are growing up, they should be reminded how fun it is when they're given gifts like, you know, the desire to do new things and all of the different parts that made you excited about that season of your life. So then you got married and you had some children.
0: Um, Tell us a little bit about that part of your life. So I uh, met my husband in Korea. Over the course of a few years, we were stationed together, got married. um, Eventually, decided it was time to get out of the regular active service. We moved here to New Hampshire, and we joined his family's business at the time. It was a lawn and garden center, so we became our own bosses, which we thought was pretty cool. Not knowing, you know, the extent of it. What what do we say? We're very. (laughs) you know, highly paid volunteers or something like (laughs) that, not literally highly paid, but we're volunteers. Um, so we did that for 17 years Mm. and that was a great chapter as well. we met a lot of great, great community folks. Uh, it was here in Bedford. So we got to meet a lot of families and work with a lot of people. And I still have some really good friendships from that season.
1: And so speaking of season, this last year has been challenging for many people. So as a mom of four, what changed in your life over the last year?
0: I thought it would be somewhat of an empty nester, but like most folks, um, the nest was pretty full. So (laughs) I have four young adult children. Youngest is 19. The oldest is 26. And we had three of those four young adults living at home with us for the full year. And they're still living with us. And um, I I can say it was really, it's really been a pleasure. I mean, it Mm -hmm. has not been without its challenges. You know, we are all now older adults all have our own, you know, ways and doing things, agendas, all of that. But um, it's been a blessing to get the extra time together. You know, mm-hmm. my daughter and my youngest is taking a gap here, So that's been a blessing to have the extra time together, doing work with you and the Enneagram and understanding myself more and kind of getting a bigger picture at others and, and how they may do life has really helped me with my young adult children Mm -hmm. help me understand why they do things or why they don't do things. You know, it's really helped me to detach, Mm -hmm. you know, and just see them as their own person with their own ways and help me navigate that space much more effectively. That's awesome.
1: And so, you know, some of our listeners may be Enneagram eights. And I think one of the gifts the Enneagram gives Enneagram eights is the belief that you can listen to your body. And of all the people I know, I think you're the best that I personally know at we'll have a conversation and you'll literally close your eyes and I can see you like drop into your intuition and listen. So how did you learn to balance your life in this season? What, you know, different things have you learned that have served you as we've had to all adapt to a year of challenge?
0: you know, in the course of the Enneagram and the energy work that you do and what I've learned, I have learned I have to get outside. Mm-hmm. I have to move my body. And I've also learned that it actually kind of has to be in the morning. Like that's mm. the thing that jumpstarts me. So I'm lucky enough to live here in New Hampshire. I have numerous trails within five minutes driving distance to my house. I have this terribly handsome collie <laughs> that comes along with me everywhere I go. And we have gotten out almost every single day of the year, regardless Mm -hmm. of the weather. And we go out to the trails and I walk, I spend at least an hour out there. And that's been one of the primary ways in which I have really kept my grounding, my sanity and, and my physical exercise. Mm -hmm. So it's been kind of a a double bonus. And when I go to the woods, I I do my best thinking, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm able to process some of the, maybe it's, you know, personality challenges at home or what I'm working on. You know, and that's that's where I do my best head work is out in the woods. Mm -hmm. So, again, I'm really grateful for both the Enneagram and the energy work because it's really brought me to a good rhythm. It's it's helped me know the best time to be out there. And it's Mm -hmm. helped me to really understand the importance of that, of being in my body and honoring that and gaining strength from that to live out of that. And it served me so much to watch you develop in this because then it's
1: inspiring me to do that because we are primarily focused on the center of intelligence that we process life through, but we have three centers of intelligence and we have the ability to access all three, but it does take some intention. And so it is good to have friends who do life differently, who can encourage you to try things like going outside when it's cold. And I'm so thankful for that this year, because normally I lock myself in, in the winter and complain. And this year I sort of have chosen to embrace, it's cold out now, not to the way that you have, like not in every, you know, but I'm learning from you. So that's good. Well, you know, part of why I have this podcast is I want someone to be able to listen and learn a little bit about my coaching and my goal in coaching is that i believe people should be investing in this season of their life like life is too precious to not invest in the important and if we don't notice what's important we tend to give all of our energy to the urgent and so you have had many different seasons of life of leadership both in the military outside of the military as you support wives whose spouses are overseas What ways have you learned to invest in your leadership? I know that you have noticed that going into the woods connects your body to your mind. What ways do you connect um, your leadership to who you truly are? And has it changed at all through the years? Um, And finally, like what has it brought to your life to know that you're worth investing in your future self is worth it. So just a little bit about how you invest in yourself and your leadership.
0: So I think the primary ways in which I invest in myself Again, is through physically caring for my body mm. you know and and there is that absolute physical component and as i as I mature, I like to say, not age, but as yep. I mature, I look into the future and I want to be able to do the fun and good things, both with my family, someday with mm. my grandchildren. so I've really seen the importance of taking care of my f- physical body in order to continue to have the energy to do the things that I enjoy and you know as I look into the next seasons, I want to be capable, yeah. So definitely taking care of my physical body. And then, you know, it just happened that that really helped my, my mental state, Mm. you know, getting out and vigorously moving helped my mental state and doing that every day, creating that rhythm of doing it every day. You know, that's where I kind of make myself a priority, I guess, if you will, or I make Mm -hmm. that time a priority. I invest in myself knowing that that's a good thing for multiple reasons and that when I'm good and grounded, I'm in a better position to love on others, Mm -hmm. to serve others, to do whatever the work God has me to do. But I have to kind of be, you know, taking care of the vessel and the house and the gifts first, you know, so that's definitely something I'm learning and why I think it's so important. I also, and I think you and I have talked about this a little bit, you know, there's this saying that we're most like the five people we spend mm-hmm. the most amount of time with. And so I very much guard my time and mm-hmm. I guard who I spend it with, mm-hmm. even, even so much as TV time or yeah. book time you know i have to be really careful what i watch cuz once i see things i can't unsee them mm-hmm. so i'm very careful of the shows i tend to watch i try to pick uplifting materials or educational materials and and fiction but mm-hmm. you know again i just know myself enough to know that i have to to guard certain areas and just keep them more in the positive and uplifting and certainly in this season of covid So funny. I could not watch sad movies or not happy endings. I mean, I, I needed the Hallmark channel. Like I needed the fairy tale. I had no interest in drama. I had no very little interest, a little bit interest in action movies, but I had to have a happy ending. And uh, we're in a season that a lot of the traditional films, they have these confused questioning, sometimes cliffhanging. Yeah you know, unhappy endings. And I just, I couldn't do it, but I honored myself and said, nope, that's, that's, I can't do that right now. I need something different. So.
1: I love talking to you because you always help me find words. Words are hard for me. I'm not an author, you are. And mm-hmm. I felt that though, I'm very feeling centered and yes. like so attracted to the Hallmark Channel, so attracted, and even the other night I told my husband, I'm like, all I can really handle right now are comedies. Like I can't right. really do this deep, sad thing. So that's right. so interesting to notice that, that when you give your energy away to be intentional about, I think we both choose that, like who are we listening to and who are we, that's really yeah. good. Well, Hopefully, you know, I, didn't know you well when we were in church with our small children together. But I knew you were a female leader. I knew you had been in the military. I grew up in a fundamentalist church background where my leadership was allowed as long as it was with children or women. Mm -hmm. Even the church we both attended, I had tried to go there the year before and they had a female leader and my husband loved the church and I felt like that was not appropriate. So we didn't go there. So I had a lot of unbreaking and undoing in order to get to the place where I am what advice do you have for female leaders because i'm not sure you had a bunch of mentors in the military when you were making that decision and perhaps through life maybe you have been surrounded by great other mentors but what advice do you have for a woman who's trying to lean into their leadership roles what served you um yeah you have some daughters i have some daughters so one of my daughters reminds me a lot of you so yeah what advice do you have
0: for them i was fortunate to grow up in a family mostly of women girls i have three sisters and i have a younger brother much younger and i have to say i was reflecting on this the other day but i really have to appreciate my parents who just gave a clear non-gender expectation to all of us you know we had chores that were not specific you know like they they just had an expectation of us to be growing, learning, living adults. And there was never any limitations. There was never any categorizing. It was never a thought in my mind that I couldn't join the military. It was Mm -hmm. never a thought once I knew I was going to be in the military that I couldn't be in aviation. Like those just didn't, it never crossed my mind. And I'm really thankful for that. Mm -hmm. As I have continued on in the journey, what I would encourage others is listen to your gut. Now, of (laughs) course I'm saying this as an eight and a gut center of intelligence, but listen to yourself. Maybe that's, Mm. maybe that's the better thing to say. You know, I think we all know what we know, what we know, Mm. and we have to spend some time, maybe get rid of the distractions, get rid of the excess noise and come back to ourselves and remember what we know, what we know, what we know, you know, for me, it's listening to my gut and then living out from that. Yeah. So that's what I would encourage young women. You know, you're going to hear things one way or another. You may have grown up in a situation that's different, but you know what you know what you Mm. know, and don't be afraid to live from that, you know, to live strong from your center. I love that so much.
1: I I want to just send that to my oldest and be like, you know what you know, like live out of that. That is such... Beauty. Yeah. So, well, I want to talk a little bit about what I think is so neat. I want people to follow you and learn from you. Th- the way that you you describe it as being able to scuba instead of just snorkeling. And as someone who's more prone to snorkeling and just staying on the light <laughs> side of life, first, I'd love for you to describe that a little bit. And then tell us a little bit about what you're currently doing, about um, you know, some of the writing you're doing. But yeah, I'd love oh, to so have funny. people la- meet you a little bit the way that I know you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I don't know where I came up with this. I think I was trying to explain to somebody, you know, the difference in the type of conversations that I like to have or the relationships that I like to have. And so it came out of this analogy of snorkeling, you know, which is up at the surface. The view is beautiful. It's great. It's nice up here. It's warm. The water temperature is warm, but it is up on the surface mm. and, you know, versus scuba diving where you, you go a little deeper and it's a little more intense So, uh, you know, of course, back again, being an eight, being a little bit in that one-to-one instinct, I like that more intensity. I like the intimacy. I like the authenticity. And so I definitely am more of a scuba diver, you know, not that I, I can't enjoy a good snorkel once in a while, but once I find my people, Mm -hmm. I want to just go right to it. And there's certain people and, you know, we kind of find each other and you just click and you're just able to scuba dive right off the bat. And that's a real joy for me. Again, not like I I like everybody else, but that's just a real, you know, sweet spot that I enjoy. I have been, I guess, living out that snorkeling, if you will. Um, I mentioned earlier going going to the woods, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of times I'll ask a friend to come to the woods with me, we'll go for a, a walk and talk, I call it a walk and talk, and you know, it's just a good rich time. We challenge each other. We ask a lot of questions. We ponder things in life. You know, I don't, can't say there's a lot of problem solving, but there's a lot of connection. There's a lot of understanding and there's a lot of encouragement. And so I do that mostly through walking in the woods. Occasionally I'll get a group of women and we'll have an adventure, a hiking adventure, you know, go to the beach adventure or something along those lines. So I do that as well. And I'm really excited to be doing a little more regular writing. So I started a blog, I guess about six, seven months ago. And I try and capture some of these times that I'm out in the woods or some of these thoughts that I have, I capture them and I put them in the blog and they're a wide range, you know, they're real happy, encouraging topics. Sometimes, you know, I've, I've like many, I've experienced death through this COVID season, not always because of COVID sometimes other reasons, but these are just the life things that happen, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's life that is happening. And so that's where I go to process it. And then I, I share, and I think the world is craving connection and understanding and being known and being accepted. And so when I write, You know, I tell my stories, hopefully in that way to connect with others so that they can read what I'm experiencing and find a glimpse of their life and maybe be comforted or be encouraged or be consoled, whatever it is they need, whatever it is the topic. So right now that's my way to, to connect. Well, that's why I wanted
1: to have you on is I know there will be people who are listening and they will hear you speak and it will feel like I, I'm, I'm going to be understood. Like, I know I can go listen to what she's writing or follow her on Facebook and be able to hear you speak in the language you speak. And that is the beauty, I think, of the Enneagram is to help us know there's just different ways of thinking and feeling and doing, and they're all equally yeah. valid, but to help us find those five people, those five voices that encourage us and give us courage to keep going. So how could people follow you then? How can they find you if they want to well, learn a little bit more? Right
0: now, I just have my own personal Facebook page. It's Ginger Munson. I do end up putting a lot of my blog posts there, and you can certainly meet Blue, my handsome collie, there. And a lot of times we have little thoughts that happen to us on our weekly, daily walks. So I have sometimes little snippet posts, and sometimes I have a little bit extra. I do have a blog, and you can connect with me there. It's G Munson Blog at WordPress.com. Still working that through, and it's called The Gal and Her Pup. I love that so much. Well, before we go,
1: I'm going to close with one thing. Last week we were talking about um, you've been coaching with me since June and you had a really interesting sentence about why people might consider it. And you said it helps you to work um, smarter, not harder. What does that mean? Like what, what value has coaching brought to you that makes you think it's, you know, a little bit easier? Is that
0: what? Yeah, I I, I wouldn't say easier, you know, Mm. I think we're at that stage where we recognize life is not always easy. Yeah. But I think the smarter, not harder really encapsulates it. You know, I'm learning to use my time better. I'm mm. learning to understand my family in different ways and reach out and communicate in a smarter way, not a harder way. You know, mm. so a lot of the, the self-awareness work, you know, ultimately benefits not just me, but but everybody. And so there's that piece of the coaching that we've done. There's the more practical pieces of, you know, how do, how do I order my weeks? How do I order my day? How do I work to, What's um, what's? the what's, I want to talk about the tyranny of the urgent. You know, how do yeah. I dismiss the tyranny of the urgent? How do I put that important mm. on my calendar? And you've really helped me to do that. And that's what's helped me to do more consistent writing is to put the important on my calendar and know that the urgent will always be there. And to prioritize the things that I want really to be priorities. That's been the best work and that's really what's helped me do life smarter instead of harder.
1: That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. And I hope as you were listening that Ginger will remind you that you're worth investing in. And that, you know, I hope this little tiny bit of time together helps you to choose to invest in the season of your life and invest in In your relationships and invest in your dreams. So Ginger, thanks it. for being Just here today. It. Thanks. <laughs> Thank Just
0: <you>. do it. <laughs> <is a> pleasure.
1: <laughs> thanks for listening to coaching with Kelly. Join us next time for more conversations on how to truly invest in this season of your life. For more information, or if you would like Kelly Tibbets to be your life coach, you can find Kelly Tibbetts life coach on Facebook, or you can visit kellytibbetts.com.